This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. This is episode 627. Make sure that you are checking out MarkingOut.com. And just FYI, this is Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And also check us out over on Spotify, over on Google, and wherever else you may be listening to the podcast except for Apple. Also, make sure that you give us a follow, give us a like, and also, make sure you check us out over on TikTok. Give us a follow over there for sure, because Brandon is blowing it up with all of his adventures around the globe. You do not want to miss out, because who knows, maybe he'll be in your backyard soon. And that means that we get to hear all about it. That is right, because we are joined here with Brandon. Later on, Chris will be here. But Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I'm doing great, but that doesn't matter because you went on vacation. Tell us all about it. What is up with Florida? What's the what's the deal? What happened in Disney? What's the DL? What's happening? What's the haps? Well, I flew down to West Palm Beach first on Royal Rumble Sunday. Mm-hmm. Got down just in time to to watch the Royal Rumble, so I'm I'm thankful that that happened. That is and always uh, nerve wracking when you, there's a wrestling event when you have a scheduled flight. And um, I don't even know I don't know how that happened. I like completely. <laughs> I think maybe because I'm used to the pay per views and Sunday. PLEs being on Sundays. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably the Sunday deal. Yeah, so I was just worried that my flight would get pushed back or something, but we got down there in enough time to, so I could go down there. I I ate a sandwich and watched the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the next day I ended up going to a manatee lagoon. Ooh. What does that entail? Nothing special. Is it a lagoon full of manatees? Yeah. Very interesting. I once saw a few uh, manatee. I know there was a manatee living in Epcot, but really, yeah, I, I saw don't know if I was it, it's still living or not. I was in a coconut grove, um, doing a research project down there at the botanical gardens, and they had some manatees in the water. Is that Florida? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah just a whole family of manatees living there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did you get to pet one or no? Just no. It's in the it's in the ocean. <laughs> nice. Did you go swimming with one? No. Oh, okay. Okay. But that later that day, I went to the Hard Rock Hotel in Hollywood because it's uh, it's shaped like a guitar, and that's I guess what oh, people do. That's a casino too, right? Yeah. Oh damn! I would have told you to bring me, ask you if you could please bring me back a a chip from it. You know, it's funny. They had a commemorative Billy Joel poker chip that popped me because he, I guess he had just performed there. Really? Yeah. So. Did you get one? No. Why? I don't. I don't need a poker chip. Oh. I mean, it'd be cool if I if I had it, but I don't need it. Was how much was it? 
I don't know if it was a $5 chip for $25 or a $5 chip for $5. I don't, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I definitely would have tossed in. Are you going, are you planning to go back to hard rock again at some point? (laughs) Probably not. Damn. It's like, I don't need to like, that's a big thing. I guess people are, are, they go there because it's a, a guitar shape. Yeah, it's the. I think if I'm not mistaken, one of the hotels on the Vegas Strip are getting turned into a hard rock shaped guitar. Now, is it true on the back end of it? It says uh, "choke on these." I don't think so. No, it's not. Uh, it doesn't say slap nuts. It doesn't say. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't none of say that. don't tick me off or anything. <laughs> uh, for a second, you threw me, man. <laughs> but that's cool. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. So what else? I went to the Bush Wildlife Sanctuary, which is a sanctuary uh, that has a a wildlife hospital, and they have animals out in, like, fenced-off areas that you can Mm -hmm. see. It's, again, nothing crazy. It's just... That's cool. Some animals, yeah. So they're helping them get back to uh, to normal. Yeah, but I I think it's, like, once they're at the the hospital, they're there for life. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure. It's possible because sometimes these animals, once you re- rehab them, uh, they won't survive in the wild right. anymore. Especially if it's like a, let's say a a, a bird that has a broken wing. And, and there were f- there were a lot of birds there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it can't fly anymore or something like that, if it's injured, if you lo- put it back in the wild, it's not going to survive. Right. Then I went after that to a place called Snook Islands Na- uh, Natural Area, and I thought it was going to be like a, a nice place to go. And it was oh, very I'm just going to toss it out there. Did, did, I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. Um, in Central Park, just to go based off of that stuff too, so PETA, or somebody from PETA it seems, snipped the cages of the zoo, and one of their owls got loose. And now the owl is flying loose in Central Park. They can't catch it, and they think that it could be at risk of not surviving because it doesn't eat any of the food in Central Park. PETA is quite evil, it seems. Yeah, killing owls. You know, don't don't. We're not on the record for that though. That's off the record. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to the place, the Snook Islands Natural Area, and it was. Is it true that Snooky lives there? No. Okay. And it was very difficult to find. It was like the GPS wasn't taking you there properly. You had to ask like locals to how to get there. It's kind of like snooking on the Jersey boardwalk trying to get back home. Yeah. Got to ask the locals for help and everything. But right, you, so you, uh, you, you, what year do you live in? <laughs> and also like, I still can't get over that. You watch the Jersey shore. Calm down now. We don't have to blow up my my spot all like right. I remember here. getting yelled at for it over <laughs> over hating the Jersey Shore. <laughs> By it's, you I, and some I am who shall not be named. I am unfortunately uh, prone. I am very prone to reality TV at times. I I, I like, feel like you I love too, you love Big not... Brother. I don't love Big Brother, bro. No, I've been I fast forwarded through last season. Okay. I feel like that show I would definitely get hooked on. The Real World is a show that I used to watch a lot. I used to, yeah, back in the day. And then uh, Road Rules. No. I used to love those, you know. Right now I was watching Love is Blind. That's a good one. I think you've you've said this yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, that's, that's one. one. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. It was a difficult 
place to find. And when I got there, I thought it was going to be much nicer. It was, I don't think it was worth checking out. <laughs> it's more for people who are going to kayak, I guess. It's like a base to like mm-hmm. dr- drop into the water. Okay. Uh, another day we went to the Murakami Museum in Japanese Gardens, which I thought was a nice place to walk through. That's cool. They had some koi and some turtles in there. Mm-hmm. Did you medit? Did you uh, meditate? No. You should take a moment and just close your mind and close your eyes and just breathe. I watched them. You were there. I watched. I looked at some art there. <laughs> so that was nice. very cool. And then I uh-huh. went to the Loxahatchee Wildlife uh, Refuge again. I went there back in June, but I went there this time. I, I caught the sunset. Saw another gator, but it didn't come out from under the dock. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's a good thing. Well, ah, I know, I know what you mean. It kind of sucks because you know it's underneath you. No, and... I, 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 I'm. There's like a lower part of the dock that you can mm-hmm. clearly see. There's the gator right there. Mm-hmm. But I, it was like swimming towards me. But then somebody cast one of their fishing lines and it stopped moving. So, ah. Uh. Yeah, and then I caught a bus up to Orlando, which absolutely sucked. Legit bus, or was it like a yeah, trailways? it was a, a, a like a, a coach bus type of thing, but it was not fat friendly. Whoa, whoa, we don't dress, we don't drop that f word around here. It wasn't. It was awful. Why? And they drop you off in a Walmart parking lot. That was so bizarre. I've been on trips before with trailways where they do that. Just the middle of a Walmart parking lot. Mm-hmm. That was so goofy. But I, uh, I got we got picked up by my brother, and stayed at Port Orleans Riverside, which is on Disney property. I previously stayed at French Quarter, and I think French Quarter out of the two is definitely the place to stay because it's so much smaller and quieter. Mm-hmm. I, I just think this resort is too big, but there's tons of nature around, so that was nice to walk through and see. Yeah, that's cool. Um, my first actual Disney day, I went to Epcot and checked out the Festival of the Arts for the first time. And uh, I got a deconstructed French onion soup, which was really, really good. That sounds good. I've been craving French onion soup recently. It was like a French onion soup ravioli with other things around it. It was so good. And then uh, something that's always at Epcot, I got uh, pretzel bread pudding. Which I'm, I'm always like, I want to get the pretzel bread pudding. And then finally I'm like, heck it, I'm going to get the pretzel bread pudding. And I thought it was really good as well. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, and then I think I went to the, the Whispering Canyon Cafe for dinner that night. Which is an all-you-can-eat place. Ooh. And then the next day I went to breakfast at the same place because it's an all-you-can-eat place. And uh, went to Animal Kingdom, Not nothing much, just a Kilimanjaro safari twice, which I always like seeing. And the lions were actually out this time. Instead of sleeping, they were like up walking around, which is, I feel like, a rare thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went to Magic Kingdom on Sunday, got to go on the railroad for the first time since 2018. Because they closed due to Tron construction. And that's mm-hmm. been like three three plus years at this point already. Which is nuts because as far as my niece knew, there was no train in Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So we all got to ride that. She had fun. And then we went to Ohana for dinner, which is one of the hardest reservations to get at Disney World. And I think the food 
was much better before COVID, back when they had peanut sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they don't do it anymore, and I still enjoyed it. Uh, I I don't think the the table overall enjoyed it, but I still liked it. I would have preferred the skewered meats instead of like the the steak and the chicken, the bone chicken that they gave us at least. But I I think I would personally go back to Ohana, but I'm not like rushing to try to get another reservation there anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But it was cool because you got to see the fireworks from the from the the window, and you don't have to like stand in a crowd or anything. You just get the they pipe in the music, and you see the fireworks show. So right over uh, Cinderella Castle. That sounds really cool. Yeah, and then I went to Hollywood Studios the next day after that, and that was my last day in Florida. And well, no, that was like my last park day. The the my last day in Florida, I literally just sat at the hotel and then went to the airport and got my flight back. But thankfully, nothing was delayed with that either. So I was really lucky with that. Yeah, but uh, awesome. How was how was your week? My week was actually uh very good. My week was very good. Um, let's see. What did I do? No um, New York City this week? No, no, no. New no New York City. I don't remember what I did. I don't remember, but I do know that we had Vengeance Day take place on Saturday, which I totally uh forgot about. Um, yeah. Nothing's coming to mind as to things that I did. But well, before we move over to WWE, I wanted to make mention of the unfortunate passing of Lanny Poffo, who passed away at the age of 68. And obviously he's known to the wrestling world as the genius and leaping Lanny, the brother of Macho Man and the son of Angelo Poffo. I really liked that he wrote all his poetry. And I think I could listen to Lanny recite poetry for hours. He even did one to induct Macho Man into the Hall of Fame. And I think he's literally got one of the best voices in professional wrestling. I think he had all the charisma, very athletic. Mm -hmm. And I think probably his biggest win would maybe be against Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event in October 1990. And uh, Mr. Perfect helped him win with the, the countout. So he didn't actually win the WWE Championship, but I think it was a big moment for him. And I would just like to extend our condolences to his family and his friends. And uh, it's a shame. Yeah, it's really, really uh, very sad. Um, Something else very sad that took place this week was, unfortunately, uh, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, he ended up having a CVA uh, stroke uh, that took place on Monday, where he was rushed to a hospital for treatment, and very um, everybody was keep being kept up to date with it on Twitter. Apparently, now he's still has difficulty um, speaking, but it's starting to come back. Last I saw, last I saw, he was speaking, but not but as it was limited. Yeah, yeah, limited limited speech. And they said he'll be, he'll be able to make a full recovery. So we're just sending well wishes to Jerry Lawler. Yes, yes. Hopefully, um, we're wishing and praying for a full recovery for Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah. Um, Moving over to WWE talk, I I didn't do SmackDown last week because I was in Florida in Disney World. So just to do a quick rundown, not really talk about it, but Braun Strowman and Ricochet defeated Imperium 
Ray Mysterio and Dominic got into it at a NASCAR event, which I thought was a funny thing to I do. I like this. Yeah, I liked it too, and it's like it continues that storyline. And I think NASCAR is a big thing on Fox, so it mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, Charlotte Flair retained the championship over Sonya Deville. We saw the Viking Raiders beat the Brawling Brutes, and then Drew McIntyre and Sheamus came out and attacked the Viking Raiders. So I still don't quite understand them dropping out of that tag team tournament, but at least we're going to see the continuation of the Viking Raiders and the, the Sheamus and McIntyre here. Yeah, I liked all of this so far. I, I thought it was really cool with the Ray and Dominic. I thought the Viking Raiders was cool. Bray Wyatt just sat in a chair and Uncle Howdy touched his shoulder and then looked very creepily into the camera. Yeah, I thought very, there'd be more very... follow-up with that from the, the Lights Out match, but that was it. Yeah. We saw Natty pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, and Zelina Vega to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. I definitely would have preferred Shotzi to make it in because I feel like she would be the one to do all the crazy spots out of anyone I in that would... match. I would prefer Shayna to be in or Zelina. It can't be Shayna, though. I know. Because of Asuka. We saw Shayna Baszler literally kill every single person in the Elimination Chamber when she was in it. And she won it. So that's why I I can't... Like, deep down, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I wish it was Shayna Baszler. But because Asuka's in that, that Elimination Chamber, it just can't be because... She was super dominant. Now it has to be Asuka who's super dominant. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if she was in it, this is a brand new Asuka. This isn't an Asuka that we've seen before. Yeah, or that but we've I'd ever... rather not see Baszler get beat up too badly like that. Okay. I I understand that. And then SmackDown closed with Roman Reigns with the main point being that Sami Zayn attacked him from behind. Got a huge pop. The Bloodline showed up to help Roman Reigns. Fans are chanting for Jey Uso. Roman Reigns, he, Sami Zayn to him broke up his family. Jey wasn't there. Jey's not answering his phone calls. And it sets up Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn at the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, this this was epic. I mean, this was totally epic. The promo that Roman Reigns was cutting was great. And then, like you said, that that monster pop when Sami Zayn attacked. I like the fact that Sami Zayn attacked Roman Reigns, but still Roman Reigns beat the crap out of him. And it was I love... a bit goofy, though, in commentary. I think it was Michael Cole goes, what, who is that? And they're like, what do you mean, who is that? Obviously. Well, I mean, they did say, is that is that Sami Zayn? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. going to be Sami Zayn. But, you know, I do love, and I can't get enough of Roman Reigns beating the crap out of people in the, and then having them in the turnbuckle, him just yelling his promo at them without needing a mic or anything, just yelling it where everybody could hear what he's saying about you broke up my family and this and that. I cannot get enough of it. Yeah, but because then Sami the Zayn did that, it, Roman said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to beat you down in front of your family at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Yeah. Um, and I did like how Sami Zayn got the upper hand at the very end, though. You know, I thought that that was a nice little dynamic where you, I, I thought that that was going to be it. But then Sami Zayn getting one up after i thought it was good yeah you know but uh, that was smackdown so from last so let's week <laughs> move on to some monday night monday night nitro which opened up with edge and beth phoenix speaking about what judgment day has done to them in the past they came out without rhea ripley by the way the judgment day showed up yeah 
Rhea Ripley, I believe, was in Australia. Australia. But the main thing here is that Edge sets up a mixed tag match between them, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley, and uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix at Elimination Chamber. I thought it was a very good segment that ends in a brawl. I liked Dominic getting hit with the, the glam slam after the Street Profits made the save. And then it led right into the Street Profits match, into mm-hmm. to Angelo Dawkins' match. Where Dawkins lost to Damian Priest and Priest qualified for the Elimination Chamber. I think that was an expected outcome. But yeah, I think and I'm very happy with that outcome too. Uh, in general, I'm happy with both outcomes for the Street Profits, but I do like that. Damian Priest advances to the Elimination Chamber. I really want to see uh, Priest in there. But I think Dawkins has stepped it the absolute heck up. Yeah. I know there's always talk about Montez Ford being the future single star, but Angelo Dawkins looked great here. Mm -hmm. After that, we saw a backstage segment. Maximum Male Models have officially signed to Monday Night Raw. I guess they're still going to be chasing down Otis. Uh, but they yeah, were interrupted. Like they were interrupted by Chelsea Green. She did the diva thing again. I argued that last week that it's more so diva than Karen, even though she is asking for the manager. But she has more diva qualities than than Karen. But she wants a chamber qualifier match, and if she's not, then she's going to call Adam Pierce's manager. So that eventually gets set up later on, which we'll talk about. Match after that, we saw Dexter Loomis pick up the victory over Baron Corbin. The main yeah, I was not, I wasn't expecting Baron Corbin to lose this match, but Dexter Loomis having Gargano up ringside, Baron Corbin having JBL, uh, Loomis picking up that victory. Yeah, the main storyline here is JBL dumping Baron Corbin afterwards. Yeah, he was not happy backstage at all. It's kind of disappointing. Backstage, he was telling, yeah, but backstage, he was just saying how he is a wrestling god, and for him to be associated with someone like, uh, like Baron Corbin, that he shouldn't be, and he's just dragging him down, and you can't shine up, you know, like it's just. I thought that retired Kurt Angle. Yeah, he did. So it's like maybe coaching better. Yeah. You know what? I I hope that this just lights something underneath, lights a fire underneath Baron Corbin in the ring. And I really think that he has potential to be a champion at some point. Yeah, he's Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner, King of the Ring. It's unfortunate that he was on Twitter that previous time where he was Money in the Bank winner because he, he could have won it back then. But we don't know if that was a thing that actually affected it. Of course, we don't. I mean... Also, backstage later on, Dexter Loomis, uh, I guess, pitched Nikki Cross joining the way. Which I don't get because the perfect person is literally sitting in NXT. Yeah. Just call her up, bro. Mm-hmm. After that, we saw, I would say, a rather rare Brock Lesnar promo. I feel like we don't normally see that. This... But I, Not I popped... too often. I popped at him asking people. He goes, did you guys see the Royal Rumble? I did. I thought it sucked. <laughs> I thought that was really <laughs> funny. Uh, but he spoke about all the things that he can think about is just Bobby Lashley. He even, I guess, indirectly brought up Sable. 
in that segment. Mm -hmm. But he called Bobby Lashley out, and Lashley came out, and he's like, I beat you. Then you beat me, but I laid you out. And then the third time meeting was at the Raw Rumble, and, and he threw Brock Lesnar over the top with no problem. And Brock Lesnar had a contract for Bobby Lashley to sign, and Lashley's like, I have the upper hand here. I'll take your contract under consideration. I'm the one running the place. It's not you. And then Brock obviously scoops him up, hits him with an F5, and then Brock, listening to the crowd, picked him up and (laughs) hit him with another F5. Yeah, I thought that this was a great part. I like Bobby Lashley really standing his ground against him, being like, I'm going to have my lawyers look at it, and then I'll get back to you. I I liked it a lot. I really liked it. But next up, you had Carmella pick up the victory over Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, and Piper Niven to advance to the chamber match. Um, it really came down to Carmella, LeRae, and Niven at the very end of it. Niven hitting LeRae. With um, the senton in the corner and then Carmella being able to get one up on Larray. I'm okay with this. It would have been good to see if they had Larray, Yim, or Niven I would have, have put, that chance in the chamber. I would have 100% put Piper here. I agree But I'm with fine you. with Carmella here. I'm fine with any of the four. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because we just had Niven return and we just had Carmella return, so... Both of them, I feel like, need wins right now. And then Mia Yim also still needs wins, and so does Candice LeRae. So it kind of sucks in that aspect, but we'll see what Carmella does. She's got the the her record to, to back up her everything. Yeah. If that makes sense, it probably doesn't, but no, no. It, it, it might make sense. It does. Um, and I enjoyed the match, and then we saw backstage Piper yelled at Candice LeRae and got in her face and Mia Yim showed up to kind of like stop her from doing anything. So. Yeah. We saw the Hurt Business pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. Um, Backstage, we saw the Hurt Business talking with MVP. And MVP came down to the ring to escort them as their manager here. Yeah, I, I like this. But, again, I wish Alpha Academy was in the spot where it's like, oh, they're going to lose. Uh-huh. I, wish, I wish they were in the spot where they where it wasn't like, oh, they're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. And I wish this match was longer. No, I agree with you. After that, we you. saw Miz get interviewed, and Kathy Kelly asked him about the return of Rick. No, I'm not going to do it. Boogs. Boogs! <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was pissed off about that whole return i he i I misclaimed he wasn't ready i'm wearing a a fancy suit etc rick boogs interrupted and miz was like i i would have easily beaten you had i been in gear and then he basically berated adam pierce who was right behind him and adam pierce set up a match for them next week so that'll happen um i just hope that rick boogs next week has his actual guitar because Mm -hmm. the what we saw last week wasn't what I would have expected. He no. should have had his guitar. I still think that's very a very firm belief of mine. With the guitar? Yeah. Like, how do you show up? Like, he's known for playing guitar. How do you just have him re-debut and he's playing air guitar now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. That's ya. dumb. I hear you. Next up was a match that I loved. Uh, Asuka picked up the victory over Chelsea Green. Um, 
this matchup was started by Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce yeah, because Chelsea wanted that qualifier. Yeah, Oscar um, has a new theme song, by the way. Yep, Speak and it about sounds it. so it sounds like a knockoff of her old theme song, which is reminds me of when Adam Cole had a knockoff of Undisputed Era's theme song. Yeah, so it's like, eh. I wish whatever was going on with CFO. CFOs, CFO money, whatever you pronounce it as, yeah. wasn't actually happening. Because this yeah. Def Rebel, most of these themes are just trash. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll I'll give Oscars a, a, a like a better listen someday. Yeah, I don't know. As for the I, I match, thought, though, yeah. As for the match, this match was really good. Yeah. I don't know, really and good. I'm gonna say for it me, wasn't bad. I'm not trying to say it sucked or anything. I just I like, thought. It, it, it made from, sense. I, I thought that it was really good because it was surprising. What was surprising? The surprising the amount of uh, offense that Chelsea Green got in there. Dude. Well, she, she attacked, totally she attacked Asuka before during the entrance. Yeah. And but then the all the women. She, I don't think she got much offense in, though. Yeah, dude. She got a ton. I don't she got know. a ton of offense to the point where. Chelsea Green had about 30 seconds in the ring while Asuka was down for Chelsea Green to go uh, ringside yeah, I, to ringside like to ringside, part. just talking trash about every single woman out there. I thought that that was great. That, dude. It was it was it, under three minutes. Yeah, but That's even. Lot. What do you mean? Dude, watch, rewatch it. Chelsea Green got a good amount of offense in Dude, there for it, it somebody. Made, to me, that part made no sense that Asuka was down as long as she was for Chelsea to go around the ring to everybody that's in the Elimination Chamber and taunt them. I agree with you. It didn't make sense for it to happen, but I'm happy that they did give Chelsea Green that moment to do that. It didn't make sense that Asuka would be down for that long, but it did play up the fact that... Uh, yeah, I when mean, Chelsea... then she quickly won. Exactly, but I mean, it played up the fact that Chelsea Green was distracted. She was facing ringside, uh, ring cam, hard cam, and then you had Asuka kind of rise up behind her and get the one up on her with a combo and then the finish. And then Bianca Belair came out and she said that afterwards, um, she said all the, the the women in the Elimination Chamber match, they're they're good. They deserve to be in that match, basically. And then she warned all of them, I think it has to be Asuka. I agree with you. It has to be Asuka. I would love for it to be Asuka. And then Asuka wins at WrestleMania. (laughs) Sign me up. Sign me up. After that, we saw Cody Rhodes come out, cut a a good promo. He spoke about how he might not face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It might be Sami Zayn. So I liked that aspect of it. He's including Sami Zayn here. Yeah. It's only Twitter who's like, oh, they're going to turn on Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I don't know why people... We have not seen that at all. The crowds have not been booing Cody at all. Yeah, I feel like this is a storyline that people are creating in their minds for some odd reason. I don't know why people think that automatically. Same thing with the Royal Rumble. Like, everybody started bringing it up. Now, hold on a second, because if they were in the Royal Rumble together, then I think maybe that would have been a problem. I I, I I stand by that. I don't think that it would have been as big... Of a problem. If they were the final two, a hundred percent. If okay, if they were the final two, yes, but it could be a problem. But the way that things are going right now, definitely, I don't see it being a problem at all. 
Well, Paul Heyman came out, and I think both of them killed it together. Dude, they spoke yes. about Paul helping Dusty out when they were broke, when uh, Paul asked him to, to join ECW and work something with Steve Carino. They spoke about WrestleMania. They spoke about how Roman Reigns was the guy for Dusty Rhodes back in FCW. And how Dusty Rhodes just like got Roman Reigns and nobody else got Roman Reigns but Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. And I just thought it was very, very well done. And if that didn't sell you on Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, I I just don't know what would. Yeah, this was an excellent promo. Uh, back and forth, and I like how they kicked it. I like how they transitioned through so much, too. How it started very It was a story. Yeah, it started very lighthearted. It felt it started very emotional with the involvement of Dusty and how Paul Heyman called him up when he was doing commercials uh, for cars just to make ends meet and just to pay bills and just to get by. Paul Heyman called him up to bring him, but into not ECW. it wasn't it wasn't for the money. It was for the car, just to use the car he was doing the. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was just to use the car, and so for that. Involvement, and you could see what I loved the most was Paul Heyman's face. Like you could see that it looked like he was about to cry. Like it looked like he was really breaking down, Paul Heyman wise. And they were able to manipulate and get the crowd so involved that the crowd even chanted, "Thank you, Paul." Yeah, you know, like, dude, how what? amazing is that? That this is the manager of one of the top heels in pro wrestling right now that has been dominant and the crowd is now chanting thank you Paul and then it all turns into how Paul Heyman tells him how Dusty told him that Roman Reigns was the son that he always wanted yeah. it was just awesome and Cody Rose is like the such an amazing baby face how every time he comes out and goes into that ring he's hugging all the fans he's talking all the fans he's taking pictures with all the fans this is incredible yeah much after that we saw montez ford pick up the victory over elias to qualify for the elimination chamber i enjoyed austin theory on commentary here yeah and i thought montez ford and elias had a good match and just like Priest and Dawkins, this was exactly the outcome that I thought. Yeah, I I agree with you. This outcome I expected. But on the other hand, I am very excited for because Montez Ford, we've seen the writing on the wall about how how really talented this guy is. I mean, something that I loved in this match that threw me away that is one one of my markout moments of the, of the weeks was that over-the-top dive that he did over the turnbuckle. I love that spot. Like, totally clearing the turnbuckle, nailing it, Elias, going right into the ring, into the the, the splash, the frog splash. Awesome so, match. Now I have to wonder, though, come mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber, I mean, we have everybody announced. We have Montez Ford, we have Johnny Gargano, we have Damian Priest, we have Seth Rollins, we have Bronson Reed. Who's walking out as U.S. champion? Who's walking out as U.S. champion? That I think is... it, it has to be either Bronson Reed or Johnny Gargano walking out. I could see both of them being good options. You know, I would like to see Bronson Reed go out of there as champion and then have somebody battle up into it. 
I could see Bryson Reed. Yeah, and but, um, yeah. And Seth Rollins came out afterwards and hit a curb stomp on Austin Theory. Yeah, that's true. But main event of the evening, the steel cage match that never happened finally takes place on Monday Night Raw. Becky Lynch picked up the victory over Bailey, and this match had 20 minutes to it. And I am very happy that they decided to give this match 20 minutes instead of potentially rushing it into a five-minute match on the last Monday Night Raw when it did take place. So I'm very happy with this. I thought that the entire match was entertaining too. I mean, Bailey and Lynch were going back and forth and back and forth. Uh, you had the entire involvement of uh, damage control. This was a solid match. Yeah, so apparently Becky Lynch was supposed to be the winner. So I went into this match thinking it was going to be Becky Lynch winning. Okay. Um, of course, always hoping for Bailey to win here. Uh-huh. But as with this match, man, this is one of those cage matches that I don't think should have had the climb out option on. It's like like with Vengeance Day, that well, didn't have it, a climb out option. Isn't it always on? No. At Vengeance Day, they literally didn't have it. And Why? I feel like that was one of those moments that shouldn't have had it. Like they should they're they're supposed to be like hating each other. It's supposed to be no escape. They should 100%. They shouldn't have had that part. I don't know. I've never seen a steel cage match as a no escape. I've always seen it more as... I, I've seen Hell I mean, in a at Cell. War Games. War Games is the same. There's no escape. Yeah, but I don't know. Hell in a Cell, to me, is more no escape than a steel cage. Mm. Steel cage, I feel like, is more so preventing the other... Uh, preventing from any outside interference. Um, but I, I'm always a fan of the climb out and stuff like that because of the amount that it adds to it. I mean, I, mean, I like time, that in certain aspects, but for this match, I didn't think it needed I get it. it. Especially Becky Lynch was one of them climbing out to, to try to win. Yeah, I get and it. I get it. I didn't make sense. I get it. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that a pinfall was always a steel cage match rule. For some reason, I always thought that in order to win a steel cage match, you had to escape the, ring and i think that's because of the video games i'm pretty sure that was like like from the early cage matches that wasn't like climb out that wasn't an option really i don't think so i don't know i, f I feel like the old nes games that i used to play used to be um only climb out to win the match so that's why i always I don't believe that but i liked bailey hitting that bailey to belly off the middle rope like just yeah. in the middle yeah, and then Bailey damage control us. got involved. Yeah, and Lita showed up. She took Eo Shirai out or Eo Sky, and then she slammed the door on Bailey. Yeah, took out Dakota Kai, and well, I don't think she touched Dakota Kai though, did she? Yeah, she 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 because Dakota Kai her, is injured. She tugged her into the steel, um, into oh. the steps, and then the, Becky Lynch the hit that manhandle slam to win. And yeah. I popped through this. I didn't. So I'm very happy because apparently I went on PW Mania after Raw and I saw that it was said that Lita was backstage. So yeah. I'm really happy. Same I had a boat as you. Yeah, I'm really happy I didn't go onto these websites because otherwise that would have totally killed it. 
I saw a tweet after the fact saying that Lita was going to be there, and I'm like, well, thank God I didn't see that. Yeah, because having Lita come out, her theme song hit, I wasn't expecting it. So I thought yeah, that was, was awesome. very unexpected. Now uh, we look forward to Elimination Chamber. Do we see Damage Trish? Control versus uh, Becky Lynch with Trish and Lita? I mean, I feel like you got to pair Trish with Lita, right? Or does that get moved to a WrestleMania thing? Huh. I mean, they're in they're not not that it's Trish you know, it could hometown or anything, but they're in Canada. That's true. It could always be a handicap match. And then wow. Trish Stratus, Trish Stratus makes the save. I don't think that'll be a thing. Actually, no, it's it can't because Dakota Kai with her injury, right? Well, we don't know how long she's out for. That's that's the thing. So it's hard to book a, a six way match if without knowing Dakota Kai's real like injury. So, but I do see Trish Stratus being involved somehow. It could definitely be a WrestleMania vibe. Yeah, you know, but. Let's move on. Let's talk about NXT Vengeance Day. And I totally forgot it was even taking place. Brandon texted me. He's like, oh, my God, did you see this? I'm like, what <laughs> What are you talking about? What's? Did I see what? And you're like, are you not watching? And I'm like, "I help me. What am I supposed to be watching right now? <laughs> Plus, it was on a Saturday. So I'm, I'm like you, Brandon, where I'm still, I guess, getting mentally adjusted to pay-per-views being on Saturday. Um, but yeah, it opened up with a video package from Charlotte Flair, I guess, because they were in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it just looked, it was just great to have that like big live crowd again. It wasn't like a crazy big crowd. It was like, I think it was like 5,000 or something like that, but it was Mm -hmm. just good to have that for an NXT event again and good to see it out of the performance center. But it opened up. We saw Wesley defeat Dijak to retain the North American Championship. Very, very good opening match. This is when I texted you. Yeah. This this was this a, was a awesome. fantastic match. You got high flying moves from both people. That that stalling German suplex from Wesley I thought was great. Um I wasn't expecting Wesley to kick out of that high justice. Yeah. And then Dijak had Wesley locked in the, the chair outside with a broom. And Tony, Tony uh, D'Angelo and Stack showed up, took the dive, I guess, for Lee. And I just, I didn't expect him to retain that championship at all. Mm-hmm. After that, we saw Kiana James and Fallon Henley be uh, pick up the victory over uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter to become the new tag team champions. I thought that this match was really good. And I like that Kiana James and, and Fallon Henley came into it with tag team moves. Yeah. Um, that Hurricane Rana spot I thought was really, really cool from Katana that she did off of Caden. Mm-hmm. When when Henley went to, I guess, I don't know what she was doing over there. But, but uh, Kiana James ended up holding... Uh, Kaden Carter's legs down to help them win. Storyline yeah. wise, I get it. I just wish Kaden Carter and Katana Chance would have retained. But I'm for new champions. I'm I'm for this team being champions. Mm-hmm. After that, we saw Carmelo Hayes pick up the victory over Apollo Cruz in a two out of three falls match. 
this I'm how many times have we seen a two out of three falls match where we're like, maybe we could see them both get the, the same fall win with like the, the opponent not getting a victory. And here we had that. Yeah. I think they both had cool presentations, part of their entrances, but, um, the match itself went quite a while without a, a pinfall. And yeah, I was really a, surprised about a, that. A tap out. And Apollo Crews finally tapped out for that first fall. And then Trick Williams got involved. He took the turnbuckle pad off behind the referee's back. And then um, he told uh, Carmelo Hayes to hit the, the turnbuckle powerbomb on there. Mm-hmm. But he didn't even get a chance to. Cruz sent him into it. Commander Aziz ends up showing up. Now Wasn't he's, expecting. he's Dabakato again. Returned to help Apollo Crews. And I, I thought uh, that was very surprising. I was not expecting that. Like you, I think you just said that. Yeah. And he took Trick Williams out. It distracted Apollo Crews. And Carmelo Hayes swept. And then Dabakato got in the ring. He lifted Apollo Crews up and took him out. I, yeah, completely I'm, unexpected. Hey, I'm all for it though. Yeah, I mean, bring me. I'm all for Baba Tunde, Dakade, whatever. Dabakato. Dabakato. I think he I, was Dabakato when he was doing Raw Underground, wasn't he? Or was that Baba Tunde? I think he was Baba Tunde. For me, he's always Baba Tunde. <laughs> it's it's funny because I had to think. I'm like, it's. I know it's Baba Tunde, but what is what was his name previously? I know. It wasn't that, and then, uh, and then I went and looked yeah, it up. I'm me, like, he, how could I forget Commander Aziz? Yeah, I I don't know. He's just always ba- uh, Baba Tunde for me. Yeah, I don't know. But Dabakato's back. Yeah, but next up, yo had the Gallus pick the victory over New Day, Chase U, and Pretty Deadly to become the new champions. I. I know you're very happy about this. I did definitely did not expect it. Uh, but again, I still would have liked to have seen New Day retain. But I'm happy uh-huh. that Gallus won the championships. They're they're already um, former NXT tag team champions. Mm-hmm. Maybe just in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but Booker T, man, he's such a hater of New Day. That we need, maybe they, it's like they drop the titles here and they just have a match with Harlem Heat on WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Booker T went on, uh, I believe, his own show saying he, the Royal Rumble was it for him. He's retired now. There's no way. I, I will be absolutely so disappointed if we do not see Harlem Heat versus New Day at, at WrestleMania. That'd be... Pretty he wild. is such a hater on commentary. There's no way that's for nothing. That's true. There's no way. But uh, this, the match itself, I thought was super chaotic. I liked when uh, Pretty Deadly put the the commentary table back together after it was mm-hmm. taken apart. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, I also I love how into it Chase you are. And the fans yeah. loved Chase U. I believe it was his uh, Andre Chase's hometown crowd, basically. So I thought that was cool. But Gallus ended up taking Xavier Woods out to pick up the victory there and win the titles. 
Yeah, very good. After that, Roxanne Perez picked up the victory over Toxic Attraction to retain the Women's Championship. Toxic Attraction started the match working together, as expected. Some of their spots, though, started to work against them. And they eventually squared off. I liked when JC was doing corner stuff to Roxanne and Gigi at the same time. I thought that was Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. But Gigi ends up going through a table. Roxanne Perez hits Pop Rocks off the middle rope, and she retains over... uh, She pinned JC Jane, I believe. Um... I think so, because Gigi went through that table. Yes, yeah. Main event saw Braun Breaker pick up the victory over Grayson Waller inside that steel cage to retain the NXT Championship. Waller came out wearing, uh, I guess you'd say, Scott Steiner headgear, the chain Mm -hmm. link for his entrance, and I could swear to God Braun Breaker was wearing some sort of Figment-inspired gear. (laughs) <laughs> with the colors that you would find on Figment from Epcot. I have no idea. I'm going to say probably not. I, yeah, I can totally see that. But he had that color scheme, and I'm I'm sticking to that. I'm, I'm hoping that it was a Figment tribute or something. But mm-hmm. Grayson Waller. Figment's up, always awesome. Yeah. Grayson Waller know. ended up attacking. Yeah, and that's like one of the, the, the longest lines in the park last year was for that popcorn bucket. Yeah, I, I think I still have a Figment action figure. This year, they uh, they re-released the popcorn bucket, but they have a an Epcot 40th strap on it, so it's not the same exact like line, and they made it so much easier to get now, I believe. Why, what's the difference now? The, just the strap is different. Uh-huh. But they, I think they, um, they, it, it, they changed the way you buy it, I think. Yeah. So they didn't like, there's no like mad dash to get it. There wasn't like Mm. a super like 32 hour line or whatever it was. Yeah, that was insane. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so Grayson Waller ended up um, attacking Braun Breaker before the match. The inside the match itself, I thought it was good. The the flip over on prettier from Grayson Waller. I I really like that move that he does. Yeah. Um, Grayson Waller climbed up I guess to have a moment because that's what Grayson Waller likes to do and Braun Breaker got up he ended up superplexing him off the cage Grayson Waller couldn't hit that that uh maybe call it a slam dunk elbow drop that he does okay and then uh Braun Breaker speared the life out of Grayson Waller to pick up that victory and retain the championship yeah um definitely uh I don't know I want to see I wanted to see Grayson Waller win well, here I am afterwards again saying I'm hoping for a big name to be uh, an opponent for Braun at, at the WrestleMania show. But mm-hmm. Carmelo Hayes came out afterwards and stared him down. Yeah. So Carmelo Hayes wants that NXT championship. Also, Grayson Waller was suspended for a week for how he behaved on an NXT media call with Shawn Michaels. Which I thought was pretty funny how he just came up right behind Sean and kind of started berating him. Oh, that. I didn't take the mock picture. Should I take a picture with you, Sean? <laughs> so, wow, yeah. you, you sounded just like him. Just like Grace. Oh, I'm Grayson Waller. You're listening to Mark and <laughs> <laughs> That's so Wow, thank you, uh, Grayson Waller, for appearing on the podcast. <laughs> but moving over to NXT, it opened with Carmelo Hayes. He wants Braun Breaker. He wants the NXT Championship. 
And what a surprise who comes out, J.D. McDonough, because he also wants the NXT Championship again. Again and again. And a match gets set up later on. Pretty simple opening segment. First match of the night saw Zoe Stark pick up the victory over Saul Ruka. Saul, mm-hmm. I can't even, I can't say enough great things about how impressive she is. Zoe's great too, and I'm happy she's in 2K23. I, and I feel like there's no way Sol Ruka is going to be in 2K23, yeah. but her move set would be so fun to use in that in that game. That's true. Um, but Zoe Stark continued the beatdown afterwards, and Sol Ruka was able to hit that shooting star KO to escape. So I like that. I agree with you. I thought that this was really um, fantastic. But next up, you had Baba Tunde pick up the victory over Dante Chen. Just call him Daba Kato. <sighs> Daba Kato. And it was an easy showcase for Kato. Um, Dante Chen did get some offense in, but there was like, it's like a no brainer in that situation. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Daba Kato was winning that. And he was interviewed afterwards about Apollo Crews, and he said that Crews knows what he did and why he got beat down, basically. What that is, I have no idea. Yeah. As far as 2K23 goes, by the way, I wonder if he'll be in it. We haven't seen Commander Aziz on TV in a while. He was DLC last year. But now, will he be Dabakato? Will he be Commander Aziz? I don't know. But after that, we saw Roxanne Perez. She was interviewed, and Katana Chance and Caden Carter interrupted her. They were pissed because they were cheated out of their titles. And they end up kind of like running her down. And she's like, well, I'll just make a phone call and prove to you that I still have friends here. And for me, I'm like, I hope it's Mako Satamora. Mm-hmm. We found out a little later on that it will be Mako Satamora and Roxanne Perez teaming up to take on Caden Carter and Katana Chance next week. Awesome. Very, very excited and looking forward to uh, to that taking place. I mean, it's if gonna they, be huge. I was I was thinking like if it's not Mako Satamora, maybe it could be Deanna Perrazzo. Uh-huh. Perrazzo won the Ring of Honor women's championship from Roxanne Perez, so I thought that would have been cool. But uh, ah, apparently backstory. it just came out that she's tied into Impact for a whole year. So that kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it seems like she's done with Impact, but they're not done with her. Uh-huh. All right. Um, but yeah, Mako Satamora is coming back next week. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. I'm After totally that, we saw that. Isla Dawn pick up the victory over Tatum Paxley. We saw Isla Dawn blame the attack on Nikita Lyons on Tatum Paxley. And that sets up this match. A shorter match. And it seemed like they were going to, uh, her and Alba Fire were going to attack Tatum Paxley afterwards, but Ivy Nile ran down and they retreated. Yeah. So Next I'm assuming up, that'll lead to a tag team match. Yeah, probably. Next up, you had Carmelo Hayes pick up the victory over JD McDonough. Uh, this match was awesome. And JD McDonough. Is a question mark? Uh, kind of, or a valley grind. <laughs> <laughs> but those those head those headbutts are nasty for him. They were, dude. They were killing it. Yeah. And then Ilya Dragunov returned, and he took out Trick Williams, and Carmelo Hayes rolled JD McDonough up to get a quick victory there. 
Ilya gets in the ring and it looks like he's about to attack Carmelo Hayes. Hayes ducks and he goes right for JD and literally chases him through the crowd. So come stand and deliver. Do we see it as a fatal four way? Do we see it a triple threat singles match? I don't know. I think all signs could point to a fatal four way there though. It could be. Could be. After that, Lyra Valkyria picked up the victory over Valentina Feroyce. Wendy Chu, I, don't, I didn't understand why she was with Feroyce, but she was out there. Electra Lopez came out at one point and slid uh, brass knucks to Feroyce. And Wendy I Chu. I like this. Wendy Chu begged her not to use them. And yeah, which distracted her. Yes, yeah, it seemed like she was maybe thinking it over, and Lyra Valkyria was able to take her out before she could even choose whether or not she wanted to use them or not. Yeah. I thought that this was fantastic. I mean, I loved how she was yelling at her to not use it, totally distracting her. And if she didn't listen to her, she would have picked up the victory. But I also loved... Huh? I was going to say I'm happy that she's at least getting used in a storyline while Yulisa Leon is out. Yeah, I also like how um, when she got pinned, she was still having the holding the black uh, the brass knucks. Yeah, I thought that that was really a nice touch to it. You know, did she put them on her hand or did she? Yeah, yeah, she actually had them on her hand. No, but did did Feroz put them on her hand or did Electra Lopez put them on for her? Feroz uh, put them on her hand. Mm. She slid them uh, into the ring. And then Feroz picked it up and put it on her hand. But then Chu started yelling at her and that kind of distracted right, her. Right, yeah. Yeah. After that, we saw Stax pick up the victory over Odyssey Jones. Uh, kind of surprising. I wasn't yeah. expecting him to beat Odyssey Jones. Not at all. I'm still wondering no. what the other thing that him and Tony were talking about is going to be. Yeah. I think there's something unfinished there. But it basically here, he's just proving that he belongs in the family. Nah. After that, we saw a Jinder, Mahal, and Indus Sure video package where all three of them want the titles. And I thought maybe Jinder wasn't going to be wrestling anymore. He wants gold. Does that add him to the Braun Breaker aspect? I have no idea. He wants the gold. I would love to see Jinder Mahal as the NXT champion and yes, and and see Indus Sheer as the tag team champions and then have them run, similar to Toxic Attraction, have them run NXT. I'd love that. Have them dominate it. I think that'd be really cool. Yes. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Thea Hale. She confronted Tiffany Stratton and then got abducted by Ava Rain, and it led into the, the match we saw pretty deadly Picking up the victory over Chase U, which stemmed from, um, I guess it was a party being held for Fallon Henley and Kiana James, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But pretty, pretty deadly came out looking pretty disheveled, and it looked like Chase U was going to win this match, but Thea Hale ran down in a panic, yelling that they're coming for her. That got Duke Hudson out of the match, and then um, pretty deadly was able to hit spilled milk to to pick up the the victory there now and it left gallus above looking on it was awesome so schism is obviously doing something with chase you now 
We'll see what happens with that next week. We saw a segment with uh, Drew Gulak and Hank Walker. If I'm not mistaken, it was during Vengeance Day. Drew Gulak told Hank he needs to get good gear. So he was going over that with Drew Gulak on NXT and maybe pitched uh, potentially answering Wesley's challenge for for the North American Championship next week. Charlie Mm -hmm. Dempsey interrupted, though, and he's like, it's going to take more than ring gear. So, I don't know what's going to happen if they're going to eventually all form a group or something. I don't know. Nah. The main segment to close NXT this week, we had Ding Dong Hello with Toxic Attraction as a special guest. Bailey basically tried to get them to not split up, it seemed. And then it seemed like they both mutually realized that they need each other. Because they both pissed off the locker room. And this this was a great just part where at first they I love how they were going back and forth. But then I like that part where they started to realize that and I like how they turned the attention over to Bailey even. Yeah, JC was like, and We could either go we could go our separate ways or we could have one more run at the tag team titles. And then they were like or maybe we can have the the WWE Tag Team Championships. And they turned to Bailey, and it looked like they were going to maybe attack Bailey. But we got this this Sean and Marty moment again. And it was, I thought this was so well done. She got them. Bailey ends up getting it back on track. She gets them to hug it out. And then JC, wearing the, the leather vest and all, pulls back. Boom. Super kicks Gigi Dolan, beats the hell out of her. She th- throws her into that door, boots her in the face, left a huge red mark on her face. Oh, man, that was just nasty. I hate to see Toxic Attraction go, but this was such a good segment. It really was such a, a good segment. Um, and I hope they th- both go on to be HBKs. What is your take about this being a near direct replica of Marty and Sean. It, it makes perfect sense. Sean's in charge. He wanted it, it, it. This was perfectly done, but like what it do wasn't you, what's cheesy. Your take? It didn't suck. It wasn't a knockoff. It was perfectly done. But like, what's your take of it being just a complete. It was perfectly done. So it doesn't bother you at all. No here. I thought it was perfectly done. All right. I go back and forth. I think it was perfectly done, but I'm like, I do go back and forth with it, but I'm okay with it. I, I'm i not going to harp on it. It's not like, oh, we got a barbershop window. Let's throw her through a barbershop. I mean, into the door. Yeah, but it's like, it's not 100% the exact same thing, but we all I mean, know there's a correlation between this and that. And there's a connection. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is in charge. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was very well yeah. done. Great close to NXT. Again, sad to see Toxic Attraction go, but this was I'm looking forward to seeing this. And then mm-hmm. maybe when they they they're done with each other on NXT, maybe one of them goes on to win the NXT championship or something. Maybe they go up to separate brands. Who knows? We'll yeah, have to we'll I have guess to see. Time will tell. But that's time NXT moving over to SmackDown. Paul Heyman opened the show and spoke about Sami Zayn. He spoke about Cody Rhodes, and he said 
without the titles, there's no Roman Reigns, and Sami Zayn showed up behind him and said he could have knocked Paul Heyman out. He could have hurt him. But he chose not to, and he just basically gave a message to Paul saying, Roman's days are numbered. He turned on the bloodline. Jey Uso left. He questioned if Jimmy would side with his abusive cousin or his twin brother. And then questioned about what Solo would do. And then Sammy said that Roman has eight days left as champion. And he said not to worry about Cody Rhodes because it's going to be him who takes the title from Roman. First match saw Sheamus and Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Hit Row, which stemmed from the tag team tournament and Sheamus and McIntyre dropping out. Hit Row said they were prepared for them and not Braun Strowman and Ricochet, and then Adam Pearce set this match up. Like I said earlier, I still don't get them dropping out, but it, was, uh, it wasn't super short, but the outcome was beyond obvious. I liked McIntyre hitting top dollar with the Claymore right before Sheamus hit Ashanti with the, the bro kick. After that, a video aired with the Viking Raiders and Valhalla was talking about sacrifice, I believe. And it sets up a tag team match for next week on SmackDown. And I think uh, their videos seem like it'd be a fun shoot to be at. After that, Lacey Evans picked up the victory over Carmen Harris, who was, uh, it was Becca. So that was pretty cool to see her. Uh, The match, though, it was exactly what you'd expect. Lacey choked her out with the the Cobra Clutch. Earlier in the night, Jimmy Uso called Jay to see where he's at. No answer. He tried uh, all night, basically. Even asked Paul Heyman to maybe help him defend the titles. But Paul's like, no, you got to do this on your own. So the Usos defend the titles against Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Jay shows up right before the match starts. I don't really understand how this wasn't the main event, but the match itself wasn't anything too special. Ricochet hit a shooting star press, and then Jay immediately hit the Uso splash on him to pick up that victory. And the Uso spoke afterwards backstage, and Jay ends up walking off. Paul kind of seemed shook at first. And then Jay was stopped by Sami Zayn. And he said Roman's going down next week, and he doesn't, Jay doesn't have to go down with the ship also. And he's like, I acknowledge you to Jay Uso. And then they fist bumped. This storyline is just fantastic. After that, we saw Natalia come out and cut a promo saying for the first time in 15 years, she was taken out by Shayna Baszler. And she took Shayna Baszler's spot in the Elimination Chamber because of that. And then she said that she'll win at WrestleMania. Shayna Baszler came out basically yelled at Natalia because Natty had said something about how she's a knockoff Ronda Rousey. Shayna Baszler was like, I I, I showed up in WWE first. I did everything here first, in wrestling rings even, first. And Shayna Baszler, uh, Ronda Rousey returned, by the way, goes to take out Natalia. Shayna Baszler stops her. And then uh, Shayna clocks her. They both go at Natty and uh, Shotzi Blackheart made the save. And that was it. That's uh, that was that segment. I, I don't know what they're going to be doing there with that. Like, how do we get to the horse women versus somebody else at WrestleMania as a tag team? But I think we'll see more obviously after the chamber.
We saw LA Knight interviewed really quickly. He was asked about the pitch black match and said, he's not talking about it. He's not talking about Bray Wyatt. And that was literally it. So between Bray Wyatt last week and this, this week, like what the hell? It makes no sense. Earlier in the night, you had Sonya Deville complaining to uh, Adam Pierce about not being in the Elimination Chamber match. And he's like, you just had a title shot. And then Chelsea Green showed up and complained about the manager. And he's like, that's me. Hello, both brands, the same person. <laughs> I thought that was funny. She has facial amnesia, I guess now. Um, and then he made a match between them and Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, which obviously they lost, but it was short. I enjoyed what we got in the actual match. The opening sequence that Liv and Sonya Deville had, I thought was really well done. Sonya Deville, though, accidentally knocked Chelsea off the apron. And then when she got back up, Sonya tagged her in right off of getting up on the apron. And that led to eventually Chelsea Green accidentally knocking Sonya off of the the apron and Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez winning with uh, a cool tag team finisher right there. The powerbomb onto her. I thought that was cool. Uh, and then Charlotte Flair was interviewed to sit down with Michael Cole. She was asked about Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte said that three years ago, Rhea Ripley chose her because she knew that she was the mountain. She came out and challenged her. But she was young and she wasn't ready, is what Charlotte said. And she said, now Rhea Ripley thinks she's ready, and Flair kind of made fun of it, saying she would hope that Rhea Ripley would be ready now. It's three years later. I don't think this segment was super strong, but I get it. And uh, I also, uh, I don't know, Flair kind of came off kind of heelish there. I thought that was weird. In the main event, to become the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship, I thought for sure it was going to be carrying cross, but... Madcap Moss picked up the victory over Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and Karrion Cross to become the number one contender. Madcap finally has got some decent gear. It's uh, gear that kind of matches Emma's. I think a majority of this match for me was just kind of like, eh. We did get some Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio, which I thought was cool, but... Most of it just didn't do anything for me. Scarlet got involved and uh, Karen Cross took Rey Mysterio out and then Santos took Cross out and that took them out of the ass, the, the match. Uh, the match, And then Madcap surprisingly hit a, a, an elbow drop on Rey Mysterio and completely unexpectedly wins. So next week he gets a, a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Imperium, by the way, sitting all the way up. I sat in pretty similar seats, I think right under where they would have been on the opposite side to see Taylor Swift back in 2009 at the the Fearless Tour when I had to go to Mohegan Sun Arena because Madison Square Garden sold out in like eight seconds. But um, there's no way Madcap is, is winning the Intercontinental Championship next week. And then SmackDown closed with Paul Heyman and Jimmy Uso, and Paul said that he spoke to Roman Reigns, and Roman wants 
Roman needs both Usos to stay home next week and watch it on television because sometimes you see things on TV that you don't see live. I think Paul Heyman probably didn't speak to Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman perhaps maybe saw what happened between Jay and Sammy. Going back to what I said before, this bloodline storyline is fantastic. But that's SmackDown. I'm going to take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back here with Chris on Marking Out. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to Marking Out. Back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. It is Chris and Brandon here. And before we get going with some AEW talk, got to give a huge, ginormous shout-out to the one, the only, the Jewosaurus, Jay Silva, Jamie Silverberg, uh, giving me the rub as he co-hosted this week on Sal and Shawnee Shoot the S. Uh, it was Shawnee and Silva, and give me the rub hard, saying how great of a guy I am, saying how I have a great podcast. So thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. Um, I'm here Brandon. Brandon, hey. Hey, howdy, hey. Did you spend an hour and a half talking about your uh, Florida trip to start the show I think it was up? like 10 minutes. Wow, I'm shocked. Last week's episode was an hour and 15 minutes, and I thought we covered – the Raw Rumble fantastically. Um, and I think you talking about Raw and NXT was longer than me and Dave and me alone. So I kind of like the short uh, the short pods, getting the hits out of the way. But let's talk about AEW Rampage. And we really don't have to talk about it that much because a lot, like three great matches, the Elite picks up the victory over Ethan Page, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy, which is more of like, Hey, guess what? The Elite's still a trio because Kenny Omega hasn't been here for alleged visa issues. We're going to face Top Flight and AR Fox on Wednesday. So this was just, uh, you know, a tune-up match, you could say. Do you think the less you get to see of the Elite is better? Yeah. Ab- absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, well, I don't know about that, but it was a bit disappointing that they started Rampage with that because I just, I'm so over the Elite. I know. Well, you can and they, and even like them. Even when they were gone for like... What was it, three months with the CM Punk situation? It was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, because all those other talents were that were, you know, not getting the TV time because the Bucks needed the TV time were shining, which I thought was great. But anyway, I think the biggest story out of Rampage was the fact that Tattooed Henchman finally has a name and his name is Trench. So <laughs> he's outside where uh, Swerve Strickland picked up a victory from Brian Pillman. It's like, obviously, Swerve was winning this, and uh, it was nice to see Brian Pillman Jr. back. I think it's been like four months since we've seen him. They said it was his 2023 Rampage debut. (sighs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, the goons attacked Brian Pillman afterwards, and Dustin Rhodes made the save. That's it. So I assume it'll set up a tag team match somewhere. Yes, or a trios match even. Maybe Griff Garrison comes to help his friend out. I think is he still injured though? I have no clue. I don't I even think know that's who the F. Griff Garrison. I don't even TV. know. I don't even know who the F. Griff. I don't know who the F. Griff Garrison is. So yeah, if that's a, a, a BTE joke. Uh, after yeah, that, we so. saw Soraya and Tony Storm pick up the victory over the Renegade Twins. And I didn't um, mention it last week that now Soraya and Tony Storm have this new tag team. They attacked Britt Baker in the parking lot. Soraya is now a full-blown heel, and they're a heel tag team, which I like. And then, you know, post-match, they uh, did heel things, and spray, and they're the new NWO because they're spray-painting yeah, they people's spray backs <laughs> in green. So, 
Yeah, it was just a way to hype up Tony Storm and hype up Soraya going into which will probably be a Tony Storm and Soraya versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter match again. On uh, on AEW Dynamite when they did their segment backstage, did you think it was maybe a little bit goofy? I didn't really pay attention. They pulled Leva Bates. They're like, "Oh, look, it's Leva!" And they pulled her in and then like knocked her on the floor. And she's like, "No, please don't. No, please yeah. don't." Okay, yeah, that was a little goofy. But whatever. <laughs> and then they also sprayed Leva Bates with the the paint. I wonder why they're sticking to the green paint though. I because wonder Soraya, if that's like like Soraya's shirt, the, the her first shirt on AEW is is a black shirt with green paint and uh, green writing. It says zombified on it, right? But I feel like it's like seafoam green. Fine. Is it is it seafoam green? Seafoam green. More of a yeah, that's what I feel green, like it is. I would say, like you never I, see like a uh, Crayola box. Um, sorry, pal, I'm not paying attention to Crayola crayons. Are you anytime. kidding? You, you never. I know no artistic ability as a child. I have a lot of artistic ability. Yes, yeah, so how do you more know the art, name artistic of a ability crayon? that you have in your right hand, brother? Um, because I'm was it? I was just oh cool. I wasn't looking at names. The only really specific name I know is Goldenrod. I don't even remember Goldenrod. See, but you remember Seafoam Green. Yeah, but you probably remember Goldenrod for other reasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving on, though. Roosh is going to be facing off against Brian Danielson on Dynamite on Wednesday. And he gets a little tune-up match against the Fallen Angel of Christopher Daniels. Love seeing CD still in the ring. But, you Was know, this a it, random match? Like, I don't remember. As I said, was it? it was a tune-up match. But, like, did they set this up? Like, was it just, like, announced for Rampage, or... I think it was just kind of announced for Rampage. And remember, hmm. like, a couple weeks ago where I said, hey, that Brian Cage match should have been the main event because they concede uh, Dynamite and everything like that? That's exactly what they did here. They must be listening. TK, what's up, buddy? I know you're I listening mean, to the show. I don't know any of these matches if they should have been main event. Uh, well, you know, again, it was just wrestling for the sake of wrestling, and the main event... As they said, and, and you know, they showed Roosh being strong, and they seeded it. Hey, Roosh is going to be facing off against Brian Danielson. This, that, and the other thing. It's going to be a you know, awesome time on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. So, you know, solid wrestling. Nothing really else to it on Rampage. Uh, let's kick it over to El Paso. I mean, we could talk about the Jericho Cruise and how AEW, half of AEW was there. And, you know, I, I think we had to talk about it because it wouldn't be an episode of Mark It Out without talking about him. He Horn is now. Swoggle, by the way, was a, uh, I guess, technically in the history books, is an AEW official. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we, we, uh, he is now not the Deathmatch King. He is now the King of the Sea. Matt Cardona wins the Jericho Oceanic Championship, beating Flip Gordon. Um, cool about it. I'm, I'm about it. I like that they did the panel with all the Deathmatch people, and it was like Sabu, Matt Cardona. Well, Nick Gage apparently couldn't be there because of oh. his criminal history, so they couldn't let him out of the country. Where was the so, cruise going to? It Bahamas? Was going, uh, yeah, Bahamas. I don't know. Don't I, I, I was. I, I think it'd be nice to go on a, a cruise like that if it wasn't like with a bunch of wrestling feds. No, that's that. But what? I, I, I know. So I want to go. On it's a like it's the same thing with like a kiss fans. cruise. Like I would love to go on a kiss cruise, but without the kiss fans. But then that. What do you want to go? I, normal it doesn't civilians? defeat the purpose. It just it makes the cruise nicer for me. Yeah, but they're not caring about you. They're caring about the wrestling fans that are going to chill out and spend money. It's like when I go on a cruise and I randomly I, I see uh, Ricky Nelson's kids, Nelson, performing. That's that's cool. It wasn't a Nelson cruise, but <laughs> I got to see Nelson perform. That's cool. By the way, Brandon, um, I know you just spent some time at Disney, but um, when I go to Disney in June, Vertical Horizon is going to be playing at Epcot. Uh, I think Horizon? I saw Vertical Horizon live. 
Yeah, at Disney? No. Okay. Vertical. You paid to go see Vertical no, Horizon. No, 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 no. I did not pay to go see Vertical Horizon. What's their big <laughs> hit, by the way? She's everything you want. Oh, right? yes, that song? yes. I, I paid. I paid. I went to see. Smash Mouth. The Under the Sun Tour. Yeah, it was Smash Mouth, Sugar Ray, The Gin oh, Blossoms. Oh, I remember this. Vertical Horizon and Fastball. And first of all, the fact that Fastball was on the tour with, with uh, Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth, that sells it for me. Even if you take Fastball out of it. Well, Blues Traveler wasn't Blues on that Traveler. tour when I saw. I know, but they're coming to Farmingville over the summer. Mm. And I really want to go, but it's Farmingville. At Bald Hill? I don't know, but I just saw it. I'm like, Rachel, can we go? She's like, you can go by yourself. I'm like, come on, John Popper. <laughs> the venue out there, if it's Bald Hill, it's a nice amphitheater. It is all. Let's see, Drew Blues Traveler. It's outdoors. Island. Good, absolutely. Dave and I went there with your sister. Uh, that sounded real strange. But what do okay. you mean? We did. We went to see a country concert there. Really? Yeah. Which sister? Brit. I have three of them. Oh, Brittany? Okay, cool. I just I was just at her house this week because I was working in the Bronx, and there's a fresh pasta place that my wife loves, so I got some fresh pasta. And I thought you said watched... a fresh possum place. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Gotta get a fresh, fresh one, pal. <laughs> uh, Blues Traveler and the Wallflowers are playing May 13th, and I think I'm already booked for something that day. Rats. May 13th. May 13th. Yeah, and I'm losing my voice a little bit, too. But the Wallflowers. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Bob Dylan's son's yeah, band? Yeah, Jacob Dylan. Yeah, Jacob Dylan. Um, anyway, let's talk about AEW Rampage from El Paso. Kicking off tonight. Every I like the fact that they said like every title, almost every title, is kind of in play. Because you had eliminator matches, you had title matches. But you kicked it off with an eliminator match. MJF picks up the victory over Konosuke Takeshka. Takeshka has been getting involved with this Brian Danielson MJF feud. Um, and this is MJF's first match since, uh, you know, him, uh, him running saying that there's going to be an Iron Man match. Correct but, me if and, I'm wrong, though. Okay. When he returned, was it not known that one of the stipulations as to why he returned was that he gets to wrestle when he wants? Yes, it was. But I think Tony Khan uh, overruled mm. him on that one. So well, I don't know. And, but that was the contracts. But, but that was the big problem last week. But again, MJF is your champion, and I thought this was a good way. Hey, listen, I don't want to do this, but listen, I'm going to show everybody up, and that's what he did in this match. Interestingly enough, about this match, the crowd was quite split. Yes, because Takeshka's super over. Yeah, he, um, he had a, a nice Eddie Guerrero tribute. I thought that was nice. Uh-huh. But MJF used the rope to low blow to Keshta at one point behind the referee's back. Yep. That led to uh, a small detour for Takeshta. He was eventually able to hit that insane blue thunderbomb. But MJF knocked the referee down and clocked Takeshta with the ring afterwards. And uh, Takeshta got busted open. Yeah, and he gave the referee back the razor blade. I don't know if you saw that. I yes, I there saw was like that the, with uh, Moxley. I saw him do the 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 jab last week also. Yeah, I, I that's one thing I liked, and I like screamed out about. It. I'm like, he's giving the referee the razor. <laughs> that's Come the on! One thing you liked? What do you mean? No, I didn't like that. Oh, you I thought this match like... was great. I thought it was a great way for MJF to show up and show out, um, especially yeah. go, going into. Um, this match that's going to happen a revolution. Um, and I don't think that was necessary for him to get busted open. It's it's heat. That's what yeah, I like about it. I just I don't, he, I don't know. But he's, Brian MJF has made been, the save, and MJF ran off. And I don't have to repeat the entire thing. But it's a it's a good way for MJF 
to get heat, especially on a guy that's so over like Takeshka. Or as uh, as Bully Ray said on Busted Open, Takashita. <laughs> you think. after Does he what? not watch the product? I, I don't know. It's Bully Ray. Um, but later on, Lexi Nair interviewed... MJF, and he MJF, admitted to yeah. vehicular homicide. Yeah, he spoke about <laughs> getting into a car That apparently, like... In high school with his, yeah. his high school crush or whatever, and, and people are stupid because he said for... Legality reasons, let me use the name Liv, and he described a woman that looked Doesn't... nothing like Liv Morgan, yet somehow news sites ran with Liv Morgan. Again. And Twitter ran with Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan was trending on Twitter during AEW because of this segment. Yeah. And um... he talked about stuff that uh, I just, I didn't think was going to ever appear on a, an episode <laughs> of Dynamite, but he uh, talks about how they got into a car accident and switch seats with her to make it look like he was, uh, she was driving and not him. I guess to get the fans to hate him. I don't. I just. But I, I like, like, I like. The, I don't like. We we don't have to like run over the entire promo itself. But like the news, it was, let's, it let's, was let's, very Katie Vick in my. Yeah, Eddie Kingston said the same thing on Twitter. Very Katie yeah, Vick, but so like, and then like him posting good. Him posting. Again, subjective. Um. But Katie Vick, you for... cannot say was good. <laughs> no, Katie Vick was terrible. But... So if this gave me Katie Vick vibes, I'm saying I'm thinking maybe this wasn't so good. Uh, it's a way for him to, you know, the people that are going to cheer for MJF to not get them to cheer for MJF because it but shows... I feel like people are still going to cheer regardless. I know because more wrestling fans are morons. Um, and so are wrestling news, like and wrestling news like. sites, wrestling news sites that saying that, oh, MJF story was 80% true. Okay. Why don't you get me the accident reports? Why don't you get me this? And that's why don't thing. you get me the, why Somebody don't you else get me the, the articles on, in the newspaper saying horrific crash, girl, girl dies. No, there was none of that. Wait, 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 wait. I don't think it was ever girl dies. Well, but it, it, it pretty much seemed like he, uh, MJF was saying that she died and I lived. Did he though? I don't know if he said that. To me, it's no, but he didn't say that. But he kind of like implied it. That's what I got. But uh, another site came out saying that the the Nassau County Police Department received tons of calls about it. I bet they would because if that's true, though, that's like really sad. That wrestling fans H L S. Hook. That's really, really sad. And then MJF coming out with the picture. It was all the Meltzer bl- calling a hundred times. Uh, yeah, imagine. Like, he's got no idea. Uh, him. The police reports. Uh, Plainview, Long Island. Him, uh, you know. But if it, if it was probably on the, the Ocean Parkway. So that's not uh, Plainview, Long Island. So No, the Ocean Parkway. Did they even have uh, po- telephone poles? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. If was, you go it right- a, was it a light pole or a telephone pole? I don't, I don't know. Said, don't care. Anyway, MJF's a hated man. <laughs> and he's going to be going to Revolution to face off against Brian Danielson in an hour-long Ironman match as Brian Danielson picked up the victory over Roosh. Another hard-hitting, bloody match. As I said last week, the Brian Danielson... Had so much. Has a lot. There's been a lot of violence. And I said that last week on the podcast. That's just like... AEW recently has just been violence. Rather and, than Roosh just losing, I would have preferred to have seen him be disqualified for not listening to the ref. Okay. That would have been and a great like way. And just keep... beat the absolute hell out of Brian because it could have kept him off TV until Revolution. But the match is set. MJF, Brian Danielson, hour-long Iron Man match, Revolution. I'm pumped for it. As much as I was when they first made the initial uh, comments about it, I'm for it. Let's go. 
MJF. Yeah, but now they have a whole month. Like, what's in the in between? Does Brian Danielson get kept off TV? MJF came out. He attacked him afterwards. Maybe you keep him off next week. And I'm like, have MJ. I'm so like bewildered. Where the absolute hell has the Blackpool Combat Club been in this? Let them do his thing. They all of a sudden they just don't care about Brian. I don't think it's a matter of they don't care about him. I think it's a matter of fact that they know that Brian Danielson is the best wrestler in the world. Meanwhile, he's laying there in the ring, bloodied. I mean, I don't understand. Like this is weeks now that it's Takeshita that has to get involved because Blackpool Combat Club is nowhere to be backing him up. Listen, Brian Danielson's a big boy. He can fight his own fights, and I think this is the matter of where the Blackpool Combat Club is right now. They're letting him do his thing. You know, if they know that he's going to be like, yes, he got, he got knocked out, yes, he was bloody in the middle of the ring, but they know he's going to come back. Keep him off TV next week. Then you have MJF come out next week, cut a promo, hyping up this Iron Man match, and then the week after you have MJF do the same thing, and Brian Danielson shows people will go nuts for it. So... Anyway, continuing on with the championship night here, you had an Eliminator match where Jamie Hayter picked up the victory over the Bunny. It looked like the Bunny got hurt here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it, The match, I think, was going so well, and then as soon as they came back from commercial, it just fell apart and ended very abruptly, and I don't know if she got hurt, and if she did get hurt, why did the referee allow her to continue? I don't know, but... They, I, I think I think maybe she there. got maybe she got hurt and they said okay let's go home quick, you know if she was still able to finish the match they'd let her finish the match so she got hurt. I hadn't seen anything if like any like updates on her. Yeah, they, she hasn't made any public comments about it. So we'll see. Beyond shocked though, by the way, that the women went on so early. Kudos to AEW for that. Why? Why they are always like slotted in nine thirty or something like that? Yeah, so because they had other uh, things that they had to do here. The Brian Danielson match. You know, I, I think Jamie Hayter is, I think, the most over as a women's champion in a very long time. I think since maybe I think since, she's just the most over woman in AEW history. Yeah, I ah uh, Britt, Britt's definitely more over than she was. I don't Britt know. after that lights out match at whatever Shamrock Shake uh, Slam Down or whatever they called it, <laughs> um, I thought is is more over. But I, I and I like the fact that Britt Britt was out there kind of cheering her along after being attacked uh, the week before. There was one non-championship match here, and it was Ricky Starks versus the Jericho Appreciation Society in the Garcia Guevara gauntlet. Um, Kind of similar to Brian Danielson. Yeah. Why do you say that? Brian Danielson had to go through a bunch of opponents to get to the person he wanted, and Ricky Starks had to go through a bunch of opponents to get to the person he wanted. Yes, but Ricky Starks did it in one night. Um... But now he doesn't face Chris Jericho. It's he the- beat Angelo Parker. He uh, maybe took 10 seconds to beat Menard. And then Garcia came out and Sammy Guevara came out. And it looked like Sammy was going to take the place. But it was Garcia who got in. And a masked man who sat there for the whole night got involved in the Judas effect. And obviously, like... No security jumped on him or anything, <laughs> and they unmasked it to be Chris Jericho. So Chris Jericho did cost Ricky Starks that match. I would have liked to have seen security pounce on Jericho, so we didn't assume right away that it was Chris Jericho. Okay. Um, but this seems to be like a thing that Jericho just does for 
uh, a long time now. He I, we saw it once with Rey Mysterio in WWE, where he was wearing a Rey Mysterio mask and did it. We saw him wearing a Sin Cara mask, costing Seth Rollins the chance at the Universal Championship when he was banned from ringside, and then Mick Foley and Stephanie didn't do anything about it, which made no sense. But uh, I thought it was cool that they ran that similar angle that were because Jericho was wearing a Sin Cara mask. The la- I think the last time we saw him do it and uh Sin Cara was backstage. Cinta de Oro was backstage at dynamite. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what is, Jer- what is Ricky Starks going to have to do now to get his hands on Chris Jericho trios? Champ- I'm surprised there wasn't like any sort of like uh, official that ran down there to be like, Hey, wait a minute. And then he takes off his mask. It's you, Jericho. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling well, kids. No, I mean, we'll talk about it later on, too. Right but on. we saw once before, Ref Aubrey ran down specifically to help in a match. Okay. So I'm just surprised that we didn't see that again. Let's talk about the trios championships because they were defended for the oh, first also, time. By the way, the oh impractical Joker stole Chris Jericho's bat afterwards. Good. I could really care, care two craps that's, that's about the Jericho, to, about that's impractical Joker's. Good. So you're going to have to talk about it anyway. I I'm think. not going to talk about it. How about that, pal? Let's talk. How do you about, not like the impractical Joker? I'm just not a fan of it. Let's continue oh on. Goodness. World it's Trios Championships. Show. Let's talk about the World Trios Championships. The Elite picked up the victory over AR Fox in top flight. Um, this is the first defense since. Um, they Rampage. won. Oh yeah, that's right. No, they didn't. Ch- they, they did not. Uh, weren't the titles on the line on Rampage? No, I don't think so. I think it was just the trio. I thought they were. All right, whatever. I could care less. Anyway, fun match. I thought Dante Martin again. We you you, you mentioned it. Who's the Sean? And who's the Marty of this tag team? Um, <laughs> and it's 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 Dante Martin, man. Ar Fox too got a time to shine, but you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, it's it's predictable. Yeah, and that's like that's why I think they did so many false finishes, and it's like, well, we know who's going to win here. Yeah, I just wish Top Flight and AR Fox won, but well, now you at least put- they get to have that money from that Yuletide Three Kings Happy Christmas match or whatever it was. Yeah, so that's that main event time was I think the most the I think the the highlight or you could say the most talked about thing. Uh, I you know what I was. We have new AEW Tag Team Champions. The Guns pick up the victory over the Acclaim in what is a shocker. Austin Gunn pulled the referee out into uh, Bowen's elbow. Referee goes flying out that of the ring. That was a sick ref bump. Like and that. then Colton got Austin a belt to use, and Billy ran out to stop him, and Colton clocked him with it. Yeah, And then Colton clocked... Anthony Bowens with it. They won the titles. And I think this was quite possibly one of the worst endings to Dynamite. Crowd fell flat. But that's... I like the guns, but this was just not it. But I'm I'm about it. This it... now has me thinking maybe it opens the door for FTR to, to reignite you know their feud with the guns and win at Revolution. But I I don't know, man. Um, I could see that, especially because um, their social media post afterwards, the guns, they said Top Gun's out. They've got a, uh, two bottles of Clase Azul, the big thing that the FTR does after mm. after their matches. They drink tequila with people. They share it. So maybe like Revolution. It, But I like this because, A, 
you knew, like you knew when MJF was starting to show off. Again, AEW likes to put the world champion in a main event picture. But you, you when it was main event time and they said it was going to be for the tag team titles, I said something is going to happen here that is going to be big. And I think this is big. And I understand the internet was so upset about it. <laughs> the internet, the, the people in the crowd, they just they literally just stopped reacting. Yeah, well, when was the last time you saw something like that happen where people just stopped reacting about in it? AEW? It no, happens in, quite often in wrestling in general. Stop pointing the finger at AEW. It happens often, though. WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. Ah, uh, that's not not but, even close. There's no way. Uh, but listen to me, the crap. A, a the acclaimed are super duper over with, um. With the crowd. So they're all hyped up about them. And the fact that the guns won added a shock value that everyone's like, oh my god, I can't believe this just happened. Well, but, but they cheated, so it's not that shocking. But you going into that night, did you think that the gun... Go, 8 o'clock, when you, t- when you turned on AEW to violently tweet your dismay about the show, did you think, oh man, the guns are going to be the tag team champions at the end of the night? No. no, but I can't say it was Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker. But son. I'm just, I, I'm just giving you, an, I'm just giving you something similar to it. It's not the same grand, you know, thing that it was at WrestleMania. But still, like after the Undertaker lost, eighty thousand people were silent. So it was the same thing here with such an attraction like the acclaimed, and everybody is over with them. And then I feel like people too, maybe when Billy Gunn back in the ring people were kind of nervous that Billy Gunn was about to turn on them. So I don't know. I just think it was 2,000 people just didn't care. I think, I, yeah, because they were pissed that they weren't, because they they were upset because they the acclaim did not win. And no one likes the gun club. I think they're talented performers. I think they get the heat that they deserve. Next week, I hope they come out to a sea of booze, and I say it all the time. Everybody loves the baby face chase. You could have the claim face off against everybody and anybody, but now the fact that they're going after their tag team titles again, and you know that the guns are going to, you know, give them, uh, annoy them about getting their title shot back. They'll make them face five teams or something in order to get the title. Listen, and they have a stacked, especially with the, the Bucks not being there anymore, and FTR, and Keith Lee, and, and Swerve, and Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. There's a lot, like... Tag teams that haven't gotten the opportunity yet because those tag teams for the past three, four years have been taking up all like the the accolades. Now it's time for like a new crop of tag teams to come and really kind of develop this tag team division. The guns, that's what the acclaimed claimed we're doing. I know, but but again, you didn't listen to me. People love the babyface climb. This is going to get the acclaimed over more than they were at Revolution when they win the tag. Not gonna, they're not going to win the titles back at this point. I don't think. I think they are. I think it's the, literally set open for FTR, not the acclaimed. Yeah, so let's listen. The, the the FTR gets one more match underneath their belt. They, they get the they get the guns over. Then you have the acclaimed go uh, chase them for the titles. So I just I don't it, see it. Yeah, you don't see it, but it, it you're not writing the book here, pal. So they, 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 there could be storytelling. Something I talked about last week: storytelling. So. We'll see. All in all, shocking end to AEW Dynamite. I thought the wrestling was good. Uh, we now have our main event, Revolution, which is going to be awesome. 
Um, and well, and now you now you got a month till Revolution. You can start kind of filling up the card with other matches. So I'm about it. And on that note, let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week is from Impact Wrestling from this past Thursday night. Brian Myers versus Dirty Dango. Uh, Dirty Dango has been doing a lot more shots with Impact, and these guys had a, a great match with Brian Myers picking up the victory. So go check that out wherever you find Impact. I uh, saw he uh, just clips from that match where he crotched him with the ring apron. Yes, he did. It's fun. It was a really fun match. I enjoyed it. Um, and Brian Myers, man, goddamn good wrestler. On that note, <laughs> let's get to Brandon shoutouts. Hey there, Hiff. We should listen to Brandon shoutouts. Burt Bacharach passed away this week at the age of 94. He's written so many hit songs. What the World Needs Now is a super famous one by Jackie DeShannon. He also performed that in two Austin Powers movies. Um, BJ Thomas's Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. They Long to Be Close to You by the, the Carpenters. Perry Como's Magic Moments. That's what friends are for is a pretty popular one that was originally written for Rod Stewart, which I recently found that out, which blew me away. That's interesting. But famously done by Dionne Warwick, Elton John, Gladys Knight, and Stevie Wonder. But so many more songs. I Say a Little Prayer, What's New Pussycat. The list just goes on and on. Um, And I I truly believe that Burt Bacharach is one of those artists who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for everything that he's Yeah, I'm surprised that he's not. Yeah, Yeah, but... And I never got to see him perform live, and I definitely would have liked to. But mm-hmm. um, with how whenever a, a musician passes away, I'm always trying to tell people here, just go listen to their music this weekend or something like that. Just check yeah. it out. Just type in Burt Bacharach songs. A bunch come up. The next shout-out goes to I Love That For You, which is a show on Showtime. I think it's so perfectly awkward. It's starring Vanessa Bayer as a home shopping-esque saleswoman. Hmm. She had cancer as a child and then I guess fakes it as an adult to get the, her dream job. Mm-hmm. Um, Molly Shannon and Jennifer Lewis are also on the show. And I have no idea if they're getting a second season, but I really hope they do get picked up for a second season because I just, I thought it was great. I watched the first two episodes on the airplane going down to Florida. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I ended up finishing it while I was in Florida on Showtime. And then the last shout out goes to black Panther Wakanda forever. I finally got to see it. I feel like it might've been a disservice to the film that I watched most of it on an airplane. I actually haven't seen it yet. The The movie's actually longer than the flight was, so I had to watch the rest of it at home. Ah, uh, that's a bummer. But, I, I mean, it's, at, like, at least I was able, like, it's not a movie that's not available to me. Like, thank yeah. God I'm able to just turn on Disney Plus and get to the exact moment where I needed to. Of course, yeah. But, uh, I, and I guess I, I really didn't know what it was going to be about going into it when I started watching it. Because at a certain point, I'm like, it, did the movie change? Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought this was very well done. I thought the way that they handled Chadwick's passing was well done as well. Mm-hmm. So check out Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It's on Disney+. Plus. 
And those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... That is right, our marked out moment of the week. I gotta say, I think it happened while I was in Florida. Disney announced that Max Goof was going to be doing meet and greet appearances as Powerline from a Goofy movie. So Uh I thought that was really cool, and uh, I went, and of course I had to get a picture with him as Powerline. Nice. Um, uh, of course, with uh, wrestling-wise, I think Lita showing up on Monday Night Raw to help Becky Lynch was a huge, like, because we said it earlier, it was completely unexpected. We didn't read yeah. the dirt sheets. We didn't re- read that. So Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you. I mean, that that spot with Lita, totally, uh, I popped for that. Um, I popped for the um, interactions between Chelsea Green and Asuka, for sure. I popped for Montez Ford's... Um, Clearing the, the, yeah, his dive to the outside. There was a lot that I really did pop for this week in uh, the week of pro wrestling, you know? Also, uh, it's not wrestling related and it's not so much a markout moment, but I had Ben's potato salad for the first time in maybe 20 years when I was in Florida. And I spoke about it more than once in the past two or three months. I know that for a fact. Uh Uh-huh. And I finally had it again, and it was as good as I remember. And I'm just like sitting here, like I wish there I had go. more. Yeah, I just wish I go. had more and more. <laughs> it was just so good because <laughs> that's literally like if you ask me my my it's go my get it top favorite tied for number one spot. There's it's split between three different ways. One of them literally doesn't exist anymore. Ben's, thank God, is the exact same, and then my Nana's potato salad I can make when I whenever I want. But God, it's so good. Go out if you got a Ben's. It's only like New York and Florida at this point. Make there the drive, go. get the potato salad, do it, man, do it. It's it's do it. really stupidly expensive, but please, it's, <laughs> it's really good potato salad. Yeah, uh, something else I marked out for was I started rewatching Peacemaker a little bit, and I still love that show. That intro is still one of the best uh, intros to a TV show, I feel. Definitely one of the most catchy theme songs. It's definitely one of the most out there ones. (laughs) That is for sure. Well, this was episode 627. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. We appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure that you go check out the previous recorded episodes. Contact us at any point in time. You can follow us at, what is the handles, Brandon? At Marking Out on Twitter, at Marking Out 11 on Instagram and YouTube, at BTTG on both, Chris Sween Dog on Twitter, CM Sweeney 85 on Instagram, David PTDPT on both platforms, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, uh, Marking Out.com, Pro Wrestling slash Marking Out, at Marking Out on TikTok. Give us a follow, give us some likes, favorite our videos. That's That's cool. Yeah, follow Chris. Yeah, I said that. And, of course, you could follow us uh, and subscribe to us on Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and that's, uh, like I said before, marketout.com. You can listen. But we wish you. Yeah, we wish the you. The 
Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.